Welcome to the Optional Boss Podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Josh and Tyler, and this is episode 13, where we are actually going to kind of do a little bit of a zip through of the Super Nintendo's first year of releases. We were originally going to do the actual like release date, uh, release titles. However, there's not a lot of them. So we went for release year and it turns out there's a lot of them now. So let's uh, let's start off nice and quick. Tyler, how are you? We uh we definitely went from a snack sized discussion to uh eyes bigger than our stomach on this one, didn't we? Yes, yes, we really did. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? And let's let's just be right up front. There's some of these that we don't actually have experience with, but we're we're gonna touch on them just briefly, the best we can. And the ones that we do know a lot about, we are going to go more in depth on. So there's gonna be a few that uh we we don't have much to say on. Let's just get that on the table now. Honestly, even things that I can look at as a SNES game that looks bad, I can still find at least some kind of merit into investigating, even only slightly. Yeah, I mean, some of these look actually pretty neat, and I, I honestly, some of these I've never even heard of, so. There's there's going through, uh, so, you know, obviously looking through, and just as we do, getting refreshers, we are, we're getting up there in years, we need reminders of things, and... There was a few, you know, I watched a couple and I'm thinking, you know, I, I might actually just end up tweaking that little Super Nintendo that I have. Wink at a wink. Yeah, just tinker under that hood a bit. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to actually have cartridges and all that of these, but some of them have gotten stupidly expensive. So unless Nintendo is going to be giving us a way to buy a version without breaking the bank, so the money's actually going to the company. Eh. Preservation. It's all preservation. Yeah. Yes. But I guess... My, uh, my SNES Mini is a museum. <laughs> it's, it's... I wouldn't say museum as much as I would say a library. That's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a bunch of free books for all the kids of the neighborhood to enjoy. So speaking of things that you... Uh, for people to enjoy, what have you been playing? What have you been enjoying? So, taking a slight break from... The wonder that is Final Fantasy theater rhythm. And I had myself a hankering for some Dark Souls, but I didn't want to fully play Dark Souls. So I started yep. playing Salt and Sanctuary once again, which I haven't actually played this game since, I believe it was one of the first games I got with my Switch, or for my Switch. So it's probably been about four or five years. And the last time I played it, though I did enjoy it, I enjoyed it. As a just a ch- challenging Metroidvania experience, and now that I've gotten more time with the Souls games that it is heavily inspired from, it's still good, but I can appreciate it just that little bit more in the nuances that like in the inspirations that they took. So yeah, I've been I've been enjoying quite a bit of that. Also took a little bit of time to dabble in the uh newly implemented uh Switch Online Game Boy Advance. Played, played myself a little bit of the WarioWare. It's a good time nice. all around. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I'm picking away at uh, Sultan Sanctuary, and then beyond that, I might have to try out this Metroid Prime remaster that everyone's been so gung-ho about. It is pretty good. That's actually something that I just finished up uh, the other day and 100 percented and I think I posted a picture on Twitter and Instagram. But... Uh... Sultan Sanctuary, it's one that always intrigued me, and to be honest, I 
bought it on Steam shortly after it came out and tried it and said this isn't for me and refunded it. Which Steam's within two hours and fourteen days, then you can refund it. I have so I didn't to give say, it a proper try. Two hours is not enough time with that game to really let it kinda sink its teeth into you. There's I mean, I feel like I haven't been playing it for very long, and in this session I have reached 20 hours already. And I still feel like I've got a good ways to go before I actually reach that ending. So it's it's got a lot going for it, and I would certainly recommend if someone who's a f- uh, fan of the Soul series and Metroidvanias that you give it another uh, look. And uh, so, so beyond Metroid Prime, what, what else have you been uh, tinkering away with? Uh, still a little bit of arc. I'm kind of slowing down on that finally. And I've been, I've jumped right back into Theater Rhythm after uh, Metroid Prime was done. It's just such a it's good so in-between good. game. It's it's nice to just relax and play something that just feels like a video game and nothing more. Oh, very much. And I mean, I was doing uh, a couple songs on Ultimate, which makes your hands move at speeds I didn't realize that they do. I told so, you. That's I, always fun. I told you last time, you watch your hands while it's doing it, and <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing. They're just slapping around. Yeah, very very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, It's a, it's a good time. I, I, I'm so, looking forward to getting back to a bit of it more when I have a little bit more of a lull again. Oh, that's great. It's a good time. We, we should do some multiplayers again. Yeah. So... How about we get onto the topic at hand? Let's, uh... Because we, we, we have a lot to go through. We we do have a lot, and I guess, you know, there's, there's no place to start like, quite like the launch, right? Well, be, before we start there, let's let's rattle off some bit of facts. Like, wh- when did the Super Nintendo come out? It came out, at least in North America, August 23rd, 1991. That's, what, 22 years ago now? Almost 22 years? We're creeping up on it. Yeah, that's that's a long time ago. And the Super Nintendo is held to a very, very high praise just for the countless amount of RPGs that are out there for the platformers, the just action games. Just The Super Nintendo made a difference in the gaming world. And as for its library, like official releases around the entire world, we're looking at 1,756 official releases. Now, 721 of them were actually released in North America. And in case you're in Europe, 522. I think I so, had like 12 when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I don't even know if we had uh, we had 12 or not. That's we, the, we, bo- we borrowed and rented a lot. So Yeah, that's just the, the rough amount that I'd like. A, a okay handful is how I would best describe. And I this is not even scratching the surface because this is all the first year my library would have spanned well beyond the Super Nintendo life. That's how I acquired the small amount that I have. So there's a daunting amount. And yet, at the same time, the Super Nintendo, at least for me, is a console that not only holds a lot of nostalgia, but just, I don't think I can ever really say no to just playing a Super Nintendo game. I'm, I'm always down to try it out, mostly because that controller just feels so good in my hands. The controller is very nice. And it added so many more buttons compared to the NES. Even the even the Sega Genesis controller. I know. Just well, so you got the L and R buttons on top, the nice rounded curves where it wasn't digging into the sides of your hands like the NES controller was. Everything I mean, we, we lived with it. 
It just feels that so... That controller's nice. It just feels so right. And any opportunity that I can get to use that controller, even on modern games, I will do exactly that. Now, one thing that's to be said is we are going to be talking about the North American releases uh, within the first year of its launch. And if we did Japan and Europe, we'd be here all day. And we're we're aiming for a hopefully under two hours episode. Something digestible. Not just, yes. you know, we, I, I know we had more to go off of with the mini consoles, but boy, that was a lot of words for those mini games. So we're going to try to avoid that as well as, you know, at least giving concise thoughts on these many, many games. Oh, so many games. Yeah. So let's, let's launch, uh, launch right into the topic at hand, shall we? And... Let's start with some launch titles. So, August 23rd, 1991, what launched with the Super Nintendo? Tyler. So, uh, I guess I guess we'll start off with the first one being F-Zero, which, well, you're not going to see this launch with another console. That, that That's for sure. This has to be one no. of the... I know it's not a real thing, and the marketing said it didn't have it, but this would be the Super Nintendo showing its blast processing. If that was a thing. Yes. Because that, that was the Mode 7, right? It, it very much like showcased the Mode 7, and it is a fast game, even by today's standards. No, they, they did a really good job at capturing that speed. Just, right? You know, standard kind of racing game. And this would also lay the groundwork for uh, Super Mario Kart coming forward, right? Yep, and a lot of different racers that came out on the Super Nintendo. And uh, quite honestly, I didn't know about Captain Falcon until Super Smash Brothers. I would. I believe he was a unlockable character in the N sixty four one. Yeah. Now I could get this wrong. I've been wrong before, and someone's called me out on it. So I I will happily say it's a mistake if if there is one. But regardless of which one it was, Super Smash Brothers introduced me to Captain Falcon. Then I found out F Zero, and F Zero is a good time. It's it's speedy. I'm not good at it. I. No. <laughs> now, that said, I've played a lot of the later F-Zero games for the Game Boy Advance, which would be really cool if we got, I want to say at least the first one is coming to the online, but if we got more of that, because they're all pretty much the same as the original, just maybe with some plot and, and more cars to pick, but it is still satisfying with those really, really fast kind of races. So, I mean, for myself, I'd... I'd check out F-Zero. I have before. I think it's solid. F-Zero has quite the fan base that kind of gets disappointed each Nintendo Direct. Because they just want the franchise to come back. And Nintendo doesn't want to touch it. Give them anything. So, (laughs) there's a few titles that they don't want to do anything with. But hopefully, they give some of the later ones on the Switch Online. But as for the Super Nintendo one, it is actually on the SNES Online for the Switch. Yep. So if you want to go check it out, by all means, it's there. Yep. Uh, what what do we have next? We have Gradius or Gradius Three, which was done by Konami, developed and published by Konami, August twenty third. Once again, it's a launch title. Now I haven't actually played this. It is a side scrolling shooter, is it not? It is, and there's going to be a few of these on this list. This is oddly going to be one of the categories that I probably have the least to say uh, about the shoot 'em ups. They're, it pains me to say they're all very similar. I mean, 
conceptually they are, but if you were to talk to a diehard shoot 'em up fan, they are very different. But my personal assessment as someone with only so much experience is going to be they are as they are. That said, I I've heard and seen that this is a good game that got surpassed later on because they couldn't really adhere to a lot of the strengths of the Super Nintendo being so early. So I know that there's a lot of issues with some slowdown and these are kind of part of the core shoot 'em up experience, but it's not bad by any means and it would have been solid to have access to as soon as the console came out, but from what I've seen there are better ones available. Nowadays, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not much of a shoot 'em up guy myself, so it's back in the day different different story, but not nowadays. I I haven't touched a shoot 'em up in ages. I have had my fun with them. There's certainly more so when I was younger. There's actually... Now, Gradius is a horizontal shooter, and the one that comes to mind for me is a vertical shooter, but it was called Raptor, I think. Yep. And, like, it was a DOS game. We we really come up on the DOS t- uh, topic quite a bit here. <laughs> and I, I've played a good amount of it, so I know that I do enjoy them. They're just... It's not really a genre I can really strongly say that I'm a fan of. I don't dislike them by any means, but Gradius 3... I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Yeah. For the whole genre. And and Gradius 3, it is kind of a legacy franchise Konami, right? So... Yeah. I have... So, next up, you want to do the honors? This is a game I really should try some more. I think I've only played it one, but this, uh, this is Pilot Wings, and I think it's kind of cool that Pilot Wings is... A really unremarkable Nintendo core franchise that Nintendo themselves seem to love enough to put out on launches quite so it came out for this on launch. I think Pilot Wings 64 was one of the only launch titles. And yep. Pilot Wings Resort was potentially a launch title for the 3DS. I can't 100 percent say on that. But that said, it's kind of cool that. It's almost like the progenitors to things like Wii Sports, where they just took a very basic concept and gave it to you in video game form, and then just sprinkled a little bit of that Nintendo magic to make it fun, right? I feel part of it is just they want to show off, like, it's it's almost like their tech showcase, in a way. Like, this shows off Mode 7 in a lot of different ways than you'd see in F-Zero, for sure. But... At the same time, you're you're getting like a quasi 3D feel to games. It it feels like it treads the line of developers just finding their way through what they can do on the console, and then just coming up with a neat idea for a game along the way that just ends up getting produced as a very bare bones project. That's still fun, right? Yeah. It but like you said, it's almost like a technical showcase. I have heard this game is really hard. Yes, I've heard that too. I have personally never played it or the N64 one. I really should. I kind of owe it to myself as a fan of Nintendo, at least their earlier stuff. So I don't know why I haven't played it. It's it's something that always escapes my mind, but I should actually go. Maybe I'll do that after this recording. I'm, I'm going to go check out the Super Nintendo Pilot Wings because it's on the SNES online. I was just going to say that it is very, very accessible. And yes, yeah, I mean, it is pretty straightforward, the things you do in it, right? Like there's parachuting, there's 
I think landing a plane is a big They're part trying to of it. escape from I, I want to say that there are some enemies in the game that try and shoot you down and you try and avoid, like, missiles or something. Yeah, I think one of the last levels, like, the final test is actually landing amid, like, fire coming at you from the ground or something. It It's kind of jarring. Oh, and then there's the bonus levels with the jetpacks. Yes. Yeah, so Pilot Wings, uh, kind of neat. Check it out. Uh, it's on SNES Online. What, what do we got next? Next up is something I personally adore. It is SimCity. Now, the original SimCity, I never... Sorry, that's a lie. I have played it on the Super Nintendo. Not very much. I have played it more on the, the DOS edition. Again, I was a PC Master Race back in the day as a little kid. Now, this is actually my favorite version of SimCity. It's just simplistic. You aren't worrying about pipes and all this kind of extra stuff underground. And it looks nice. It's very, again, simplistic. and it caters to my kind of play style. The later on SimCities, I don't care for. Now, the neat thing about the SimCity for the Super Nintendo is they really added a whole bunch of flair with Nintendo properties. So you had Bowser instead of just a Godzilla-type monster plowing the city during one of the disasters. Uh, Mr. Wright, is he, is he called? I think that's his name, yeah. Yeah, which was the dedication to the original creator of SimCity. And yeah, it's city building, early days city building. And this was made by Nintendo and Maxis. Mr. Wright also appears in Link's Awakening. Yes, he does. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice sneaky little cameo. But that's, that's the one thing that was kind of interesting about uh, the SimCity for Super Nintendo is that it wasn't so much a port of SimCity because Nintendo just kind of looked at it and was like, we want this, so we're going to make it ourselves. Well, it, it pretty much is a port, just they, they added some some flair to it. The the Nintendo flair. As they do. It's I as, as they do. I've played a little bit of it and it's not really my thing, but I know that if I did sit with and it it's just such a chill game and it's got that nice relaxing music and you just casually go about watching things as they thrive or fail miserably. I wish I had the patience for more city builders nowadays, like what I used to have back in the day, because I had a blast with the SimCity. It, it, I just, I, I honestly adore it, and I wish it was on Switch Online, because it's not. It's actually one of the few cartridges I have. I don't even have a cartridge for my Super Nintendo. However, the reason I want it on Switch Online is because this would be great when you're sitting with someone on the couch and they're watching TV, you could sit up there with them and just kind of chill out, half pay attention to the show, half pay attention to your city that may or may not be burning down. <laughs> oh, no. It would be great portably. My people are dying from their polluted water sources. It's Bowser. It's Bowser. All right. Uh, and so next up. The most important one, just easily. Yes. This is the launch title. This is the one that everyone knows. This was a one of the other pack-ins, I believe. SimCity was actually a pack-in for some Super Nintendos as well in North America. Hmm. So, what is it? Super Mario World. <laughs> this game is... This is like the definition of the Super Nintendo. This is the identity. Yeah. And I I don't think we have to elaborate too much. It is just... 
at the time, it was the long-awaited... Well, I don't even know if they were waiting that long, to be honest. But the highly anticipated sequel of the Mario franchise, which is already a big deal in its own. And it's amazing how much is actually different about this game compared to its predecessors. And yet, it still feels like Mario. Very much so. Like, it is the next step for Mario. The 2D Mario, anyways. Obviously, Super Nintendo one not. But it is... It's... Man, I played this so much as a damn kid. It's still so much fun to play even now. It is. It's uh it's another thing that uh I should really go back to, but at the same time I've I've gone it's usually I play for a couple hours and then I, I I'm full of Mario yep. nowadays. But I'm still gonna have lots of nostalgia for it. This was obviously developed by Nintendo. This is Nintendo IP through and through. This is Nintendo's identity back in the day. So I don't think there's a whole lot that we can really say to this after that. Not, not, well, we have so many games we have to get to anyway. Yes. It is. So that actually wraps up the launch title. Then that one's obviously on the SNES online. Yes, it is on the the SNES online. That's a. But that wraps up the, the, just the launch titles. And this is why we wanted to do the launch here. So before we move on, uh, you're getting a Super Nintendo on launch. Uh, What are you getting with it? I, I'd be getting Super Mario World, hands down. I, yeah, I, I don't think I can really say anything else. I do think it's cool that everything's so varied, but I, I, I have as, to have as that the game second with title. My... As the second title, it would be SimCity, though. I feel like I'd probably be picking a like Gradius or something. Strangely enough, yeah. I, I think it would just be that different enough experience from Mario that would be really cool to have. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A little more actiony, yeah. But uh, then, then we get so into the month beyond the launch. Yes. So the launch was August twenty third, nineteen ninety one. So let's move into September and September first, nineteen ninety one. We have the Chess Master, which was also a port from PC, and I know this because I used to play the shareware version of this all the time. So this is just chess, but slower and more annoying. Kind of with AI. It, nothing really fancy about it. If if you really like chess and you're really hankering for some chess with no one to play against, sure, I get it. Then you can tell in my tone that I have a bias against chess. <laughs> but knowing this that, this is also go ahead. Well, I I was just going to say, and like most for the most part, your board game style video games are already much slower. Yes. For myself, if someone said you want to play chess and they didn't pull out an actual chess board, they pulled out Chess Master. It's not even like the really cheesy like battle chesses and stuff that have like the really long stupid animations. No, it's just it's just a table with pieces and everything takes longer and makes more noise. I'm not down. Sir, you're shitting on my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> So this was developed by the software Toolworks. Yep. And published by Mindscape. Neither of them I don't think is around nowadays. So next up, because Chess Masters is just chess. It's, it's, it's just chess. Chess on the Super Nintendo. Uh next up is Draken. Draken, maybe? Draken? It's something like that. Have you Yeah. How much do you know about Draken? Not a thing. At all? At all. Okay, so... I saw the artwork and said, I've never seen this before. 
The artwork is hilarious. Everything about the game is hilarious. So it plays like like a first-person explorative like RPG, almost old-school dungeon crawler sort of thing. But what's really funny about it is... So to give you a comparison about how like you establish yourself, I don't know if you give like a pre-selected party or you get to build it at the start of the game, but it would be like, let's say, the Dungeons & Dragons game on Sega, right? Okay. They're, they're not characters. They're pieces of your party, essentially. So you assemble your party, you go to explore, and there are random encounters in the overworld or in caves and stuff, but instead of like you having control... It just zooms out a bit. Your party walks onto the screen. It just kind of meanders back and forth while things automatically <laughs> take place. And you just... I, I mean, there might be a slight amount of influence that you can take in battles, but mostly you're just standing there watching things happening and hoping for the best. It is rough, to say so the do least. You, do you do attacks or anything? or It's like, okay, so you have... I don't know, let's say there's like an ogre on the screen or something, and you have your mage and your warrior and your cleric and, I don't know, another standard fantasy party member, and they just kind of walk back and forth, and it'll kind of read out a little display of, like, someone's attacked and did so much damage or missed. Like, it's kind of like that style of RPG, right? Okay, yeah. <sighs> Roll the dice behind. Pretty much, it's, I can see what they were going for. I am not about to recommend it to anyone, out of, unless they just, like, want to have a deliberately bad time. Yeah. That's, that's true. Which means I'm probably going to try it out. It's, I would, <laughs> I would recommend looking at it, because it's funny. So, one thing, uh, this is made by Chemco, kind of. So they, they actually made the port for Super Nintendo. This was originally a PC game, done by Infograms. Yeah, I can believe that. It has a very PC vibe to it. It does, just looking at uh, screenshots and stuff. Uh, so next up is Hyperzone. And this was done by HAL Laboratories. This game's... Developed and published. September 1st as well. It doesn't seem that great per se. Like, it doesn't seem like it has a lot going on for it. But I do like how it's basically a flying version of F-Zero. Yes. And can't you, like, flip to the roof and the ground in some cases? I'm not entirely certain. I just or am know. I thinking of something else? I just know that Hyperzone, instead of just driving along a track, there is, um, there is an X and Y axis that you can travel across, right? Yeah. So it, I think it. it I don't think it's got much going. For, it might have combat. I don't know if you can it's, shoot. It's, it's more of a rail shooter than a. Yeah, it would be like if you yeah. took Star Fox but did it in the style of F Zero almost. Which is kind of neat. There's fun to be had, and I'm sure it's a very swell quality coming from HAL, right? There's there's a HAL game yeah. coming up that I'm much more excited to talk about. But Hyperzone looks like it's worth a dabble, but not like oh my god, I want to play some Hyperzone. Yeah, it's it's something that if I ever came to the online service, then I might check out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you go ahead with the next one. So, this is the game that probably made Gradius feel really bad about a month after, and this is Super R-Type, and it is, again, I'm not an expert on shoot-em-ups by any means, they're not my preferred genre, but to my knowledge, this is almost like the gold standard of shoot-em-ups on the Super Nintendo, at least at the time. 
It is very popular. Yeah, I know our type is much more fondly looked back on than Gradius. Not maybe as a franchise, but just between these particular releases. And our type looks really creepy. Some of those bosses are scary looking. Big crazy aliens. Yeah, it's, it's, they captured that whole alien type thing going on. And, you know, I'm pretty picky about my uh, shoot 'em ups these days. But I feel like this is the one that if someone was asking, like, hey, if I was to pick a first shoot 'em up to play on the Super Nintendo, what would it be? I think this is like the number one recommendation for it. Yes. And it was developed by Irem? Yep. I R E M. I don't I you know what? I know of Super R Type. I've played Super R Type way back when. Never even heard of Irem though. I'm pretty sure Irem is still exists to this day. I couldn't say what they do other than the R-Type franchise, which they still have, which is very rare that we see a release in. But I'm pretty sure that IREM still exists in some capacity today. Yeah. Uh, So moving on, it's UN Squadron, which was developed and published by Capcom. Oh, this is another (laughs) horizontal shoot-em-up. This is another side scrolling shooting. Yeah, this is apparently one of the best ones on the console, though. It is it? Yeah. So the interesting thing about UN Squadron is it is actually a licensed game. But it's a licensed game in Japan. It's based off of some long running anime about fighter pilots. I couldn't really tell you anything beyond that. But of course, being an IP that we don't have on this side of the world, the show wasn't playing. We are, clearly don't know the characters. So it's just UN Squadron. It's just a shoot 'em up. And the cool thing about this one is there's, I want to say, three playable characters. So you have a little bit of yep. a variety with it. And uh, you can earn currency that you can carry on to further levels. And in, in between, you can purchase upgrades. And I don't know about like extra lives or maybe like I've never played it myself, but. It is a strictly single player experience, but it's one of the better shoot 'em ups on the console. And I mean, it's 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 Capcom. They're just it's they, Capcom. They were they, they killing it job. back then. Yes. So, as Tyler mentioned about the the Japanese uh, anime, it was uh, a manga that it was released uh, called Area Eighty Eight, and the game is actually called Area Eighty Eight over in Japan. So we just got UN Squadron. Yeah. Which name. I don't think harms it in any way, shape, or form. No, no. So yeah, good good on Capcom. Yeah, Capcom. Now, this next game, is this the Hell game that you're really excited about? Yeah, actually I you see that Hell makes a golf game? Hell makes great games. So this is uh <laughs> Hell's Hole in One Golf, which is a hilarious name. Just Yes. Especially as someone who watched a lot of Malcolm in the Middle growing up, this is just funny <laughs> to me. Brian Cranston on my Super Nintendo sounds like a great time. This Yes. This admittedly looks super basic. It almost makes me think of like old mini put uh mini put kind of flash games, you know, it's like that strictly overhead view except this, you know, you obviously have full-size courses. So not dissimilar to, actually, you know what? I think a lot of the golf games on the NES, they actually portrayed you hitting the ball, as where this is just like the power meter, 
and you're still looking overhead and you watch it go. But this game has a stupid amount of charm to its very simple presentation. The music. It does. The music has like those really calm Sim City tones to it, but also when you're getting into the game, like it's really high energy and hype. I have never played this, but I kind of want to find a way to play it. Now, that said, again, looks super basic, but because it was HAL behind it, I'm pretty sure it plays really nicely. Yes, because, I mean, HAL is fantastic, and this is one of the uh, one of the games that Satoru Iwata did the programming for. Like, he's, he's the only one credited for. Weird. But I did play this back in the day, uh, not very much, but I know I have, and I don't remember much on it, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it it looks charming. Like, I, straight up charming. I, I want to get, there's actually, you know what's weird? And it might be because of, uh, how much I enjoyed baseball when we were going over the Black Box NES games. But I'm oddly more intrigued by sports games now as someone who does not care about them. Yep. It's it's very weird. There's a few on this list that I, I will have more than I thought I would of an impression than just, oh, it's such and such sport. Just not volleyball. It's not. Just not volleyball. Uh, what, it's not that volleyball. What, so this, this is a... Howl's Hole in One was released in September 15th, 1991. Yeah. So we're moving away from that September 1st release date. Uh, next up is Populous. Developed by Bullfrog Productions and published by Acclaim on September 30th, 1991. I've never played this. I've played games very similar to it, but it's a god game. Yeah. Yeah. Have you played it? I haven't. No? I have not. It's, uh, one of its designers was Peter Molyneux. Which, if you don't know that name, he is responsible for, I believe, the Fable series. Oh, okay. I didn't play. I played, I think we discussed this before. I, I kicked a chicken, and then I had checked out a Fable. Yes. Yeah. Populous looks kind of so, neat, though. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not a stretch from SimCity where you're building your cities, except now you have to build armies to defend or take over other countries i guess they're just really just portrayed as little areas on the map they don't actually specify what they are and yeah i think the more that you build up your resources you gain different uh access to godly powers i think you can raise the land you can summon lightning bolts or things or like pools of water to take out your foes or it eh. yeah it's i mean it's definitely something that if you have the opportunity to check out, I think it's worth checking out just because it's it's one of the first God games there were. It, and it was actually originally for the Amiga. I, I know Populous, yeah, it, it goes back quite a bit. And yeah, if you're into the sort of thing like the original Warcraft games, Starcraft, stuff like that, this would be right up your alley. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth checking out. Uh, next up, which was released on September 30th, 1991, is Super Bases Loaded, developed by Toss and published by Jellico. I, I don't even want to say what I was going to say. Uh, for the first baseball game on the console, they really knocked it out of the park. Uh... Yeah. yeah. This actually looks pretty good, though. I, I was kind of impressed. Yeah, at, like... I've, I've, 
It's got big, detailed-looking sprites. It looks like it plays properly. It's really fast and frantic. It doesn't feel, like, boring and slow. I, I noticed that, like, after you hit the ball, when it's following, like, the person, or when it's following the ball, it's not just the big open field view that you typically get, right? Like, it's moving around. Yeah, it's it's looks like a good time. I, I know I've checked it out, because I believe this one is on the SNES Online. Is it this one? Yes. I might have just glossed over it because it was baseball, so. <sighs> I, I know I checked it out when it first came out on SNES Online. And I remember it being pretty good. Again, not a sports fan, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good for its time. It's good for the nostalgia for some. I mean, yeah, why not? Baseball. 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 And Okay, so I guess that's the end of September, right? Yep, so now we're going into October, and October 19th, oh, 1991, what but, do we got? But before we go into October, yeah, actually, you know what, let's just include October with September, because it makes me sad. Um, <laughs> for all of October, we have uh, Ultraman Towards the Future, which I'm sure, you know, some, some people may not know, but Ultraman is a very staple kind of uh, franchise in uh, Japanese media. It's a lot like Godzilla. This game looks horrible. <laughs> I haven't even seen gameplay for this, to oh, be honest. I, oh, I got no it, idea. It's hard on the eyes. They, it's got these character portraits that are just unflattering. Uh, the actual gameplay itself is... It's like a 1v1 fighting game, but not anything like Street Fighter. Like it, It's not good. It looks like it's really stiff. <laughs> it's, it's not... No, poor Ultraman. So so with Ultraman out of the way, uh, September and October, because October's a dry month, so we'll throw him a bone. Uh, so be, before you ask the question, okay. this was developed by BEC and published by Nam... Uh, sorry, not Namco Bandai, just Bandai. Yep. On October 19th, 1991. And go ahead. Yeah, So 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 what are you going to rent in September and October? What's the one game you're taking home? Uh, Bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? You know what? Just the way that you described Draken. I'm going to say Draken. Oh, that's a disappointing rental. You would be a very confused child. But at the same time, back as a kid, you rented something. You didn't care if it was bad or not. You played it and you learned it. This is true. This is very true. So going going like... If we're talking nowadays, then eh. If we're talking nowadays, like what my tastes are right now... I think the game I would probably want to rent the most would be uh, Hal's Hole in One Golf. <laughs> just because just I, I, I enjoy golf games. But if if we're talking, you know, how my impression would have been, probably Super R-Type. Yeah. I could see that box with the spaceships and whatnot really appealing to me. That's that's fair. Yeah. But uh, I guess we'll move into November, which I think I think we're getting a little bit better titles in this month. Yes. Yeah. Compared to September and October, for sure. Yeah. Uh, first up, we got a quintet title published by Enix on November 1st, 1991, and that is ActRaiser. And this game, it's weird because it I feel like it's eluded me for so long. It's one I still have not played to this day. I've been told countless times that I got to at least try it and look at it. I wish there was a way to play it. I've played it a bit. I can't say I've gotten terribly far, but I've played it enough to know what it's about. 
And this game is unique for the fact that it is a hybrid of genres with your side-scrolling action platformer, which is so common in the day, but also breaking it up with segments of city building and almost like tower defense-esque kind of gameplay. And it was really neat. And I think this game was really well handled in the fact that the first thing it does is it throws you into the action right away with the side-scrolling platformers. You go through to the end of the level, you beat a boss. It feels a lot like, not unlike a Castlevania game or something of its time. And then after you beat it, it's suddenly an entirely different game. It very, it changes the pace quite often. Yeah, and see, it's a very basic side-scrolling platformer. It's just pretty much just jump and attack. And... I mean that in the best way possible. It's a surprisingly challenging game, but not because it's janky. It's just very deliberate. Yes. Now, do you think ActRaiser is where they got the idea for Dark Cloud? Dark Cloud very much feels like a modern-day ActRaiser, yeah. I, or I at could least s- a PS2 ActRaiser, in a sense. It's it's that same kind of loop, right? The only difference being that ActRaiser was more of a dungeon crawler, but that's something that would have been a lot more difficult to implement on the Super Nintendo, right? Yeah. So I, I would say they are in a very similar camp, too. So ActRaiser is, yeah, it, it's a pretty legendary game. Now, that said, there is, there is that remake that... Should have been so cool, and it's just not. It's it's not. Oh, it's very disappointing from what I've heard. Why bring it back from the dead to make it just a, just a sad corpse? Yeah, yeah, That's, but it's upsetting. Actraiser, I would say, is a pretty pretty notable title. But what what do we got after that? What do you would you call this so, notable? These next few, I feel like we could probably uh, not skip, but go through pretty quick. Yep. Uh, next up, November first. 1991 is John Madden Football, developed by Park Place Productions and published by EA Sports. I like this one started with the very identifying EA branding. I don't know if you watched any uh, gameplay of this at all today, but no. it has like the nice opening EA splash screen and it's got like silhouettes of all the different sports. So this was when they were very much trying to brand themselves as the sports game developer. Yep. I... I at least, even the games that I don't care about, like the football and whatnot, I at least like looked at something to see what it was about. This looks boring. It looks just, just like football. If if a football fan could enjoy it, I'm glad I'm not going to as a casual gamer. And that said, next we have Paperboy 2. Yes. I don't know the differences between... Paperboy and Paperboy 2, to be honest. Uh, uh, to start off, it's made by, de- uh, developed by Eastridge Technology, published by Mindscape, November 1st, 1991. And, yeah, it's, is it pretty much just the same as Paperboy? You can, you can be a paper girl. Okay. And it does have two-player somehow. Okay. Uh, I want to say the way that the two-player would work is, uh, it would be split-screen, Player one's going left and then right, just the standard paperboy course, and then player two would be yep. the opposite. Uh, it's the same game all around, though. That's what I was. Uh, yeah, it has to be right. Like, there's not much more you can really do to improve paperboy. I love paperboy one uh, more so back in the day. I haven't played it in ages, but yeah, paperboy. If you like paperboy, you probably might like maybe paperboy two. 
next up is RPM Racing. Again, don't know much about racing. Racing or sports is not my forte. RPM uh, this was done. Yeah. This was done by Silicon and Synapse, who is now known as Blizzard. That's right. Activision Blizzard. Yes. I... Uh, so developed by Silicon and Synapse and published to Interplay Entertainment November 1st, 1991. Have you played this? I haven't, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. The the box art for it, uh, for it looks pretty badass. I'll say that. It looks like a DeLorean or something getting crushed by a monster truck. So, from what I saw of the gameplay, it's a weird kind of isometric view racing game, which yep. those are always kind of rough. But the other thing that I notice, and this always gets me more invested than just standard try to get first place and be the fastest in a racing game, is it did have a kind of pseudo campaign where you are earning money to get different parts for your vehicle or possibly buy new vehicles. Things like that help me stay invested in these games. As for the gameplay, how it is, it's not doing anything for me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, next up is True Golf Classics. What, uh, I don't know how to say this. What? Wale, Wale Country, Club? Country Club? I hope. W-A-I-A-L. A-E. I like how this is just based off of an actual country club. And yep. so I'm going to guess like a lot of these, you didn't look up any footage for this one? No, it's it's golf. You have no idea what you missed out on. Is it pretty fantastic? Oh, oh, okay. So it just has like actual photograph renders of things. Oh, so, God. like, when you okay. when you boot up the game, it's, like, just a very pixelated, like, if someone just took a picture of this country club. Um, it has realistic pictures of people's faces for the characters, like, either who you're picking to be or, like, the announcers and stuff. And they look hilarious. <laughs> oh, now, God. beyond that, this is actually, from what I've seen... Probably one of the best-looking golf games on the Super Nintendo, at least, like, for this early on. It's incredibly impressive-looking. And... Okay. So instead of with House Hole-in-One, how it was, like, the strictly uh, above view, this one is much more arcade-like, where you're seeing at ground level, you see your guy hit the ball, and then... I don't know if it does an overhead view or not when the ball is in the air or whatnot, but it looks like a proper golf sim, for the most part. And... Interesting. It... I think, I, I might be mistaken because I looked at a lot of golf games, but this one had a very, like, simulator-esque vibe. I describe it as, like, a dad game. Okay. I mean, based that is it's around a country club, I could believe that. But this this very much has the title of the kind of thing where if you went to any kind of retro game store or flea market, like, you would find it in a bin of assorted sports games for, like, five bucks. Yeah. I would totally check this out. I think it looks pretty cool. I, I might have to stop into the retro store downtown and see, see if they got a copy. I think it's see, way... See if it is that five buck one. It, it sounds way cooler than this next game. Yeah, so True Golf Classics, developed and published by T&E Software. Uh, no actual date that I could find, just November 1991. They're going to be vague here and there. Yep. So Super Tennis is the next one by Tokyo... Shoseki, and published by Nintendo, November 2nd, 1991. And have you played this? 
This one is on the SNES Online, and I have played it is, is. for maybe three minutes. Now, significantly better than the tennis on the NES. I'll give it that. Yes. But it is a better launch launch tennis. It's just tennis. I I don't I don't play tennis unless there's two paddles on either side. I and it goes horizontally. Yeah, I it's pretty straightforward. I it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look exceptionally good. The box art is just so very generic. You are getting tennis. It might yep. be kind of super. Yeah, I mean it has a tennis ball, the green background or ground, a tennis racket and a net and it says super tennis. That's that's pretty much all I got on this one. Yep. Yep. This next uh, one, though. Yes. I have words about this one. All right, you you go ahead. Who? So what is it? Who's it by? So this is this is Final Fight by Capcom, and this game has a pretty interesting history behind it. So it's a, it's an arcade beat 'em up for starters. Okay. But it's a rather compromised version. They had to do a lot to shrink this game down. I think it's missing a level. Uh, it's missing a playable character. And most importantly of all, and why this game kind of got ripped apart when it uh, first came out, is it's missing any kind of multiplayer. And beat-em-ups... Oh, no. Yeah, beat-em-ups are very lacking when you can't play them with another person. That's kind of a lot of the fun of it. So, that said, it is the first in the Final Fight franchise, which is... You don't see them much these days, clearly. Beat-em-ups are kind of more left to the indie scene these days, but the characters still live on in uh, Capcom's Street Fighter series. So it yep. does have its history. But I I didn't play this one so much, but I had Final Fight 2 when I was a kid, and I had a blast with it. They are just good beat-em-ups all around. They've got really good music. They're really pretty. But this is okay. a pretty pretty compromised version. If you're going to play a Final Fight game, it would not be the one to recommend. Now, on that note, they came out with a revised version of this game. And anyone who's really up on their like highly sought-after Super Nintendo games might know this, but it's called Final Fight Guy. And they replaced <laughs> one of the playable characters with the missing character, who is Guy. Okay. And I think it's one of those, like, blockbuster-exclusive games or something uh, like that, which is why it's so rare. Other than that, it's... That makes sense. It's the same game. Well, hopefully that's dumped online somewhere. Yeah. But that's that's Final Fight, and uh, I would say there, there are better beat-em-ups, but at its time, it would have been really cool because it is a very close-to-the-arcade-looking game to bring home. You just gotta play it alone. Yeah, which it which is very disappointting. Like you said, it's one of the things about beat 'em ups is, especially in the arcades, it's sitting next to your buddy and fighting through it, right? Yeah. Where if you can't do that on a console version of it, it's it's a little lackluster. Did Final Fight Two have co op? Oh, it sure did. Good. They they learned. I'm all for people learning. Yeah, that that's Final Fight, and then I'll let you have this next one. I think I have more experience with it, but. Yeah. Yes. So, first off, Final Fight was released November 10th, 1991. Uh, the next game is, I'd say, a fairly popular series. It's Final Fantasy 2, or 4, uh, as the real name is. But uh, 2 in North America, developed and published by Squaresoft. 
and November 23rd. So I got to keep, now, yeah, I, oh, yeah, sorry. Here, you, go you ahead. Could, oh, uh, I was going to say, I need to keep my thoughts on this brief, especially because oh, we got a long way to go. Uh, yes, but this game is kind of the final fantasy seven of its time in that it was a really big deal RPG to show up on the West, right? Yes. It, it made an impact. It had that kind of grander scope, the story, the soundtrack. It's and something I think that I never brought up during our turn-based debate conversation, episode one. Again, we're going to mention it. It was something that I really enjoy about RPGs, not being an, a huge RPG person myself, is when I don't have to swap party members. Where... Final Fantasy 2 or 4, whatever, I believe the party that you get is the party you get. You never have to put any thought into it, and yeah, if there are any party members that leave, they are replaced. It it is all beyond your control. It's It's not like 3 slash 6. It's not where you can choose a lot of different members. No, and Final Fantasy 4 is a surprisingly linear and guided experience. The one that we got is actually an incredibly dumbed-down version of what actually came out. They removed a lot. It's, It's incredibly compromised, but it's so good in the sense that uh, I'll save this more for a discussion of Final Fantasy 4, but Final Fantasy 2, as it was known as release, great game. It is actually one I want to go touch, touch. the most. Touch it, touch it good. Play, play, not touch, we, play. same thing, we, whatever. We, we, we have another heavy hitter after that. Yes, another Capcom uh, developed and published. It's Super Ghouls and Ghosts, released November 28th, 1991. Now, this, I've played a handful of times. I'm not very good at it. I'm more accustomed to the uh, Ghosts and Goblins, which is his predecessor on the NES. Uh, Neither of them I've finished. But I've kind of told myself that I don't want to touch Super Ghouls and Ghosts until I beat Ghosts and Goblins. So who knows if that'll happen. I've played it a bunch little bit here and there like i've never gotten all that far it's classic capcom it's a solid game it's so so very difficult this is not one of their very difficult games i i don't think i'm a professional by any means but i think i can acknowledge when a game is hard and i don't think there's any shame in saying that this game is just straight up hard now would you say that it's cheap no no it's one of those games where everything is deliberate (sighs) It's very deliberate, and a lot of it comes down to, and it's very much a, a, you can almost say it's an excuse, I think it's a design, like, a deliberate design, where it's all about memorization, it's trial and error, that's that's all it is. And you just gotta practice at being good at it, right? Yep, it's, so, you can almost make the argument that it robs the point of skill, but skill is also a factor, it's... Really cool, though. Everything's spooky. The only yep. thing that sucks about it is having to do it again out of obligation. That I'm not a fan <laughs> of. Yeah. All right. Uh, Super Girls and Ghosts. It's a good time. And that is also on the Super Nintendo Online. It is. On the Switch service. You can, you can have yourself a frustrating time on, online. Or if you don't like challenging games, but you want to kind of experience it, they do have a rewind feature there. So there's always that. Or save states. 
No one's going to judge you with Super Ghouls and Ghosts, I don't think. Oh, God, no. I'm not gonna. Uh, next up is Darius Twins by Tato and published by Tato, November 30th, 1991. This is our last November game. I love this game. I have the strangest nostalgic fondness for this. This is one of those games that a friend of mine when I was growing up, I think it was uh, a kid of someone who would frequently babysit me, had this. And it's a horizontal shooter, and we've made a lot of points about how horizontal shooters, we don't dislike them, but we're kind of lukewarm around them. This one game has got me to invest in, like, all of the Darius collections that have come out for Switch. It is such a weird franchise about shooting giant mechanical fish robots, and I don't know what it is about it, but I absolutely love it. Probably the music. The music for this franchise is legendary. I feel like a lot of these uh, shooter games, it really comes down to what you prefer for music taste and the theme behind it. That That is completely what it is. I think, you know, there's a... I, I, Sure, you might have heard it before. It's a series called Parodius, and it's Konami doing a parody of Gradius, right? And yep. that's a very popular game. I think it's also a little bit like it's still challenging, but it's not like your bullet hell level of challenge. But I think just because of the theme and the flavor of it, it's very popular for that. I, for some reason, like the big robotic fish. It happens. Yeah. Uh, it works. And. Darius Twin, it's probably one of the easier shoot-'em-ups on the Super Nintendo, which could probably also play a big part into why I like it. Yeah, that's fair. That is that is my rant about Darius. I'm more fond of it than people would expect, and I would say I can acknowledge it's not one of the best shoot-'em-ups on the Super Nintendo. I, I still think it's pretty sweet. Good enough. Yeah. November. So that ends November. What is your rental? My rental for... Oh, it's actually tough with November. This is a stacked month. A few of them, yeah. I want to say my rental for this month is Final Fantasy 2. Okay. It's so different. I, I have not experienced this yet. I am. I need to see what it's about, and I could see myself falling in love with it. Because Final Fantasy 2 for what have you was actually one of the first ones i tried beyond mystic quest i guess a proper final fantasy game and i fell in love with it right away so that's my november rental how about yourself act razor hands down just because i i hope hype hasn't ruined it for me but i it's so praised and beloved i i feel like i can't go wrong with it I, final fantasy 2 or 4 would be a close second i feel like at the time too act razor would be like, this is an interesting kind of comparison to make, but, but like, for the games of the style for that month, you would have Act Razor or uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. And I think Act Razor would probably be the more memorable one between, of the two. Okay. So, uh, moving on to the holiday season. This is yes, the big December. one. December. Kind of a disappointing month. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, December 1st, 1991, we have Bill Lambier's Combat. Basketball. This is done by developed by Houston Consultants and published by Hudson Soft. Of course, something this silly is Hudson Soft. This was not released anywhere outside of North America, probably for a good reason. It's this thing possibly one of the stupid. worst games. Just so it's it's a futuristic basketball video game. 
take that for what you will. I was going to say, do you have any other way to elaborate on that? No. No? We, so, yeah, no. Okay. No, I don't, I don't. This is what I have to say about this game. How did they somehow manage to make basketball worse by including combat violence and bombs? I don't understand. These are things that are supposed to make me interested in sports, and you've somehow made it worse. It's got this weird top-down perspective to it. Everything moves so stilted. I, I, I don't care. No one should care about Bill Lambier's combat basketball. So, with that said, moving on, December, we don't actually have a day, but uh, December 1991, we got Lagoon by Chemco. This? Now, Lagoon is one I've seen, I know the box art, I've heard the name tons of times, it's an RPG, uh, action role-playing RPG, if I'm correct. Yep. I just have not dove into this. I've seen it on the shelves, I've been so tempted to pick it up before. But, uh, have you played this? I haven't played it, but from what I've seen of it, the best way I can describe it based on my first impression is it looks not unlike the the East series, like why? Yes, it is it is very uh very not related. Is that's not the word I'm looking for. It's it's very reminiscent to the Yes. Yes. Uh, the, it also gives me vibes of something kinda like Hyde Lied, which is oh, no. not good vibes for me to get. It looks like a really frustrating game to play, but I'm also very much in the camp of fondness of action RPGs, and if they're not even good, I still want to know. And this game kind of has my interest. Yes, aside from that highlight uh, comparison, that that's ugly. I just but... I just mean for how stiff it feels for an action RPG. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it actually plays like Hydlide, but it feels like that from what I've gathered. It gives me, like, a very simplistic... Like, if you took one of the Quintet Trilogy games, Soul Blazer, uh, Illusion of Time, or Gaia, and uh, Terranigma, and you converted those assets into an RPG maker. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a really, uh, really good way to put it, actually. If... If if anyone knows what I'm talking about there, then you you get it. I get it. I I very much get it. This is one that like for myself, out of morbid curiosity, want to try. Do I think and that that's exactly it? Yeah, but do I think it's a game that I could like say to some stranger? Yeah, I think this looks good. Not really. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is just me and my weird preferences and tastes. You you stay out of this. This is my burden. So next up, we got Super Baseball Simulator 1.000 by Culture Brain, published by Culture Brain, December 1st, 1991. It's baseball. See, I initially wanted to just be able to say it's baseball because it is just baseball. But I think there's like power ups and stuff. Is there? I don't know. I was watching some footage of it and I saw at some point with the pitcher, there was like, some kind of weird, like, lightning bolt power-up that was activated, or maybe it was just trying to say that it was stormy weather that day. I don't know, but it's baseball with a little bit more interest to it. I didn't think it looked very good. That's fair. It didn't look bad. It it does look very baseball, but there might be some more under the hood that I can't speak to. You got it? It might be worth it. So, 
I th- I think it's safe to say like a lot of these sports ones we don't know what we're talking about. Nope. I I think that goes hand in hand. I'm I'm sure most people actually recognize that now. Um, another thing is is there's just so many of them. Yep. The basketballs, the baseballs. There's some golf ones, but I didn't really get into the golf games till. Well, there's the NES, the NES Open Tournament, and also the PlayStation like Hot Shots and stuff. Outside of like Super Nintendo, I didn't really play a lot of them. Don't have much opinion on them. It's all right. I can I can fake our way through our impressions of sports. <laughs> <laughs> what do we What do we got after the baseball simulator? Another one I don't have much uh, to comment on. December first, Software Creations Trade West published. Super off road. All right, I'll I'll field I'll field the question on this one. It it's slot car racing. Yeah, it's it's basically just that. It's a lot like uh, what, what was it? RPM. R- RPM. Yeah, it's kind of similar yeah. to that, but the difference between this is the camera was a lot more zoomed in on RPM. Is where this is where you are actually seeing the whole track at all times, and this I was one say you see the full thing this time. Yeah, and this one definitely feels like slot car racing for the most part just minus the actual groove that you're stuck in i would be really disappointed if this is what i had yeah although interesting thing to note is this was also an nes game i can believe that done by rare i could also believe that actually so little little need a bit of trivia now this next one we're finally getting into some Notable ones that uh, that we know stuff on. Developed and published by Konami, December 4th, 1991. It's Super Castlevania 4. I'm really gonna actually play this one day. Ah! I, okay. You, you, you have the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, right? I do, and this is probably one of the first ones that I want to actually sit down with on it, because I've played it before. I've just not okay. ever gotten, like, super far in it. And I don't know what it was, but... When I was younger, this game didn't really. I I just honestly I think it was the fact that like I thought the whip was a lame weapon. That might be the only deterrence I ever had. Now I'm a huge fan of the Castlevania series, old and new. This is why kids are dumb. This this would be one of the many reasons. <laughs> yeah. So I very much owe it to myself to actually see this game to the end. I have done... It's, it's a good time. Yeah, and I've done Castlevania 1, I've done Castlevania 3, I want to get to 2 one day, but that that's a game you really gotta, gotta hype yourself up for. But it's, it's not as bad as people's claim. It is bad, but... I want to say it's, tedious it's is a better way to put it than just outright yeah. bad, right? There's, you, there's a lot of groundwork for great games in the future in Castlevania 2, but... Moving Absolutely. on, Castlevania 4 is just, just a very well-crafted just action platformer adventure. It's not the most difficult thing, but it is challenging enough to keep you engaged, right? So I will say this. I actually prefer, like, Castlevania 4 is kind of like a soft reboot of the Castlevania series. Because uh, it kind of goes back to Castlevania 1's storyline. Now, with that said, I actually prefer Castlevania 1. I think... This, I think Castlevania 4 is good as it is. It's nice that this didn't, like, completely reshape the mold for Castlevania. I, I mean, the more Metroidvania, as we know it, style is what would shape Castlevania. But at the same time, when they released Castlevania 4, when they did uh, Bloodlines and Dracula X, it 
was back to that more classic feeling gameplay, right? So this is a very interesting experience on its own as a take on the Castlevania franchise. Very much. It's it's a good time. I I wish it would come to SNES Online, but at the same time, there is the Castlevania, uh, Castlevania Anniversary Collection on Switch and other consoles. Now, now this is it's hilarious that this came out after Christmas because this is the most Christmas appropriate game on this list. Yes, does not mean it's good. No, no. what is it? This this is Home Alone, based on the hit film Home Alone, and you play as what's his name Kevin McAllister. Yep, Macaulay Culkin. You, Macaulay Culkin. You, you play as a young Macaulay, and you, you're keeping your house from. Being invaded by bandits, which the the wet boys. I don't I don't remember oh, the name. Of them. I don't think it was. That. I, ju- I just watched this at Christmas. This is not even like a few months out. E- either way, it and it's yeah. Y- you're 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 a little boy, and you're getting home invaded, and the the whole premise is. I think you're gathering up the valuables and you're putting them in the family safe as well as just just a really bad platformer where you're setting up traps and trying It's not to... done very well. No. No, this is this is uh kind of like a really early example of just what you would expect of a bad licensed game. Yes. Moving when, on. When did this come out? You said it was it was oh, after <laughs> Christmas. Uh according to what I have here, it came out December 30th. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Although it th- thematically, I mean, got left behind, just like Kevin. Yeah. This this one next one, I feel like we're both not gonna have a lot to say. Do you, have you have you ever heard of D Force? Uh no. It's... I'm assuming it is gonna be a just based on the name, not knowing anything about it. I'm assuming it's a shoot 'em up, side scrolling or vertical. I was, I was just gonna ask you, horizontal or vertical? Uh I'm going to say vertical. You would be correct. And the only other yeah. defining feature I could say about D-Force is you play as a helicopter. And if you're into helicopters, this might be the one for you. But I'm into freaky fish robots, so that's the one for me. I know it was also called Dimensional Force in Japan. That, that, that's a that's a better name than D-Force. It is. Uh, so this released December 31st. It is... One of the last games okay. this, for 91 for did, the Super Nintendo. This next one. The last game. I didn't know anything about this. Did you? No. Oh. what? It, a, uh, it, it doesn't sound good. This is one of those weird... So this is... Who was the ones that made... Uh, it was one of the earlier ones that we were talking about. I think it was... Pop, no, Chessmaster. Who made that? Uh, Chessmaster was... Where did my notes go? The software tool work. Okay, so... And same with Miracle I, Piano. I was just going to say, yeah, so there's the same people behind Miracle Piano. And it's interesting that, like, a lot of their Super Nintendo games just feel like computer software on a Super Nintendo. But yep. this is wild, because it's actually, like, a, a keyboard peripheral that you plug into your Super Nintendo and learn how to play a keyboard on, right? Yep. Why? It's, it's weird. <laughs> this, this feels like one of those weird third-party companies that looked at a video games console and went, but what if we went beyond what it is? Like, this is when they were coming out with, like, tax applications for the Game Boy and stupid shit like that. This is LJN from Wish.com. Now, we haven't gotten to LJN yet. We are gonna be to them soon. 
But yeah, yes. this, this is, I love seeing stuff like this because it's so trashed. It's probably worth a stupid amount of money now. Oh, it, it, everything trash is always worth a stupid penny. But yeah, this, this, this wasn't released in Japan or Europe at all. This, this just it's makes just me America. think of like out of touch companies looking at things and going, okay, but a dumb thing that comes to mind now, this it's it's wrong for me to bash this because this is a healthy way of living, but something just seems so very strange about my stop smoking coach on the Nintendo DS. And that's the kind of impression that I get from this actual, like, buy a keyboard and hook it up to your Super Nintendo. No, just get a piano no, teacher. Just, yeah. Or get Super no. Mario World, one of the two. You will have a better time with either. If you yes. get a good teacher. But I still have to say that Miracle Piano is a huge oddity. But sadly, it came out too late for you to get it for Christmas. Yes. So, which one of these are your rental? So, the obvious choice is Super Castlevania 4. But yep. it might have also been Lagoon. I was going to go with Lagoon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel I, I like looking at both... You're looking at both those box arts on the shelf. You're gonna pick up one or the other. So yeah, that that's what I'm gonna say. If if Lagoon wasn't there, I'd be taking Castlevania, vice versa. And if they're both there, I'm flipping a coin. Certainly not D Force. <laughs> yeah. So January first, the new year, 1992. We have Earth Defense Force by Jellico, published by Jellico. Another. Have you played? Earth Defense I, I, Force? I have played a little bit of Earth Defense Force because this is another one that is available on the uh, SNES Online. It was one yes, of, it is one of the first like third party games they put on the SNES Online. I'm pretty sure, and I think so. Yeah, they, they've got this really weird assortment of Jalico games on there, and a lot of them aren't good. Jalico's kind of like like a day to east. They made some games I'm sure some people are pretty nostalgic for, but not a lot of people are looking at them as good. Just hilarious, because the next game is a Data East game. But Earth Defense Force is just another horizontal shoot-em-up. Uh, from what I played, it wasn't bad. I didn't hate it. It's it's fine. I know people love it, so... Yeah, but what I think about is interesting about Earth Defense Force. I don't know if this is in the same franchise as, like, the Earth Defense Force that we have now, where it's almost like Monster Hunter, kind of, but it's just shooting giant bugs, and it's, like, a huge, long-running franchise. Again, don't know if they're connected, but my headcanon is that they are connected somehow, and I don't... I, I think they are. I Maybe I'm wrong as well on that, but uh, I, th I think they are. Even if they're not, I don't want to be proven wrong, so this is how I'm going to live no. the rest of my life. Good enough. Uh, next up is Joe and Mac, January 7th, 1992, by Data East, just like you said. Yeah, and so Data East and Jalico, by extension, are, they're not bad publishers, but I would say they're like a tier or two above your LJNs. Like, they're not out there making deliberately bad games, but none of them you're going to be like, wow, I, like, greatest game of all time potential. Yeah. That said... Joe Mac's alright. Joe Mac isn't bad. I've beat it. I have not. It the Caveman Ninja, Joe Mac Caveman Ninja, which is the European name, is on SNES Online. So that's something to keep in mind. What are those? I think they also have Joe Mac 2. I think they're all on there, I, I actually. Think so. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, but they're they're pretty straightforward, just side-scrolling platformers. Joe and Mac was initially in the arcade. Most Data East games are, but it's... Caveman platformer. Caveman platformer, two-player. It's kind of neat. I will say, though, it's kind of freaky that there's one boss that is, it's a giant woolly mammoth, and as you're fighting this woolly mammoth, because they have little animations or things to show that you're getting close to beating them, right? So you fight this woolly mammoth, and as you do damage to him, his tusks fall off, right? That's not too far-fetched. I'm sure you're damaging it. And then halfway through the fight, his trunk falls off. And so you just have this giant woolly mammoth who's just falling apart in front of you, and it's surprisingly freaky. I can believe that, yeah. That's my thoughts on Joe and Mac. It's okay. It's it's been a while since I played them. I played them long, well, as a kid. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, good times. Then rounding off this uh, this first month of the year, because it's a very, very small release, but I mean, you know, things are usually pretty slow after Christmas, right? Yep. And we have uh, East 3, or Wise 3, if you're one of the people who pronounce it like that, but I'm pretty sure it's wrong. I don't know. I've never played these games. I've seen them pop up so many times. I... But yeah, I've I've never actually experienced them. I think I'm assuming they're RPGs, right? They're action RPGs, yeah. And I know that the earlier games in the franchise, again, gonna compare it to Hydlide, as weird as that is, where you're not it's not as hands-on as something like the mana games, where the combat is more so automatic and you just kinda walk up to things to hurt them and hope for the best. Okay. But I know that I think the Ease series has more so evolved these days into a more standard action RPG, but they're up to geez nine or ten now. It's it's high up there, yeah. So the series is at least good enough to still be relevant today. So though I like I can tell you anything about East Three. I don't know much about the plot, combat. I didn't even know it was an action RPG. I always assumed that they were just strict RPGs. Nope. Nope. Nah. So I've always stayed away from them. Knowing that they are action RPGs, I kind of tempted to actually check them out. Yeah, th- this is one that I would be willing to, even today, check out uh, as far as I'm aware. But couldn't tell you much other than that, that they they, they fit that obscure but good reputation category. A little bit niche, I suppose. Yeah. Um. Any... And that was January 10th, 1992. Any preferred rentals that month? Uh, for I, January 3rd. I'm going home with Joe and Mac. I know this already. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, we Although maybe Yeast, just because now that I know it's an action RPG, I do. We, why not? We have a slower and an even weirder month coming up, and yet there is one game that I know I'm excited to talk about, and I have a funny feeling that you are as well. We'll get to that one last. Okay. What's the so, first one? First up, we don't actually have a date. This is just February in general, 1992. Published and developed by Nintendo, it's the Super Scope 6. The successor to the light gun, really. But uh, this this was a game all about... It's it's pretty much a tech demo, if I'm not mistaken. It is. For the, for the big Nintendo bazooka that they had. Yeah, so this was a pack-in with the Super Scope. And yes, it is pretty much exactly that. It is a tech demo for it. It's six different mini games, and I don't even think it's actually six. I think it's 
three with two modes each. Uh, I think it's just two with three modes each. That's even worse. Yes. There is fun to be had with the, uh, the Super Scope, though. I have used one I, before. I don't care what anyone says. I loved Yoshi Safari growing up. I didn't have Yoshi Safari. I had Battle Clash, and Battle Clash is so good. Like, it is one of the most underrated Super Nintendo games only because it's stuck as a Zapper game. Super Nintendo Zapper games were great. It was also... The, the Super Scope. You're just a kid using a bazooka. It felt great. I still want a Super Scope to this day, just yes. just so I can play more Battle Clash. But I'm not, not going out of my way to play Super Scope 6, that's for sure. No. No, it's a tech demo. And so, Not a terribly good one either. No. This next game, I've played a little bit, and I haven't had the best time with it, but I know that this is the like one of the top-tier multiplayer games on the Super Nintendo. Would you say it's top-tier? I I know that this has a very high reputation as a really good... Like, this is up there with stuff like Zombies Ate My Neighbors as just good co-op games. Huh. Yeah. So, the title is, of course, Super Smash TV, developed by Beam Software and published by Acclaim in February 1992. I'm gonna take... I know nothing on this. Yeah, I was gonna say that you probably haven't played this before judging from your reaction to this but it's basically a twin stick shooter okay yeah and so i believe you control your character with the d-pad to move and then your uh face buttons are like x would be up just like north south east west shooting directions hold both for a diagonal kind of stuff and you're just shooting waves and waves of enemies and the entire premise of super smash tv is it is Whatever year in the future that is probably actually, probably in the past now, knowing how in the 90s they thought 2020 was the most advanced time in the world. And it's just a, you're on a game show where it's slaughter as many people as you can to win wonderful prizes. And (laughs) yeah, it's a twin stick shooter and you can pick up power ups and stuff like that along the way. And when you kill bosses and stuff, like, the area will be just littered with money and generic, like, game show prizes. So you get stuff like toasters and appliances and stuff, and they'll (laughs) add to your score. And it's, like, oddly dystopian. So, as a, like, I've only played the single player, so I'm kind of on it. But as a multiplayer game, I mean, a twin stick shooter. I'm sure you've probably played a twin stick shooter some way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a fun multiplayer time. All right, so that might be something we'll, we're going to have to check out but multiplayer I'm, sometime. This is one of the only sports games I ever cared about in my entire life. <laughs> what do we consider sports? I mean, I guess so, kind of. No, no, not Super Smash TV, the next game. I, I was, I was going to say, oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, this is, uh, this is Nolan Ryan's baseball, and... I don't know how I got this game as a kid. I don't know why I ever cared to play it as a kid. Probably because he only had so much, but I actually really like this game and have actively looked for a copy as an adult, and I still haven't gotten one. It's not hard to find either, so I haven't looked that hard, but I've thought about it once or twice. It's it's, it's one you want to get. I would like to, yes. And I don't know what it is about it. It's it's just baseball, but it's kind of got... A little bit more of a cartoony vibe to it, which is surprising because it's one of those endorsed by a real person games. 
So, a little bit of trivia as well. This was actually released in Japan before America. It's one of the first baseball games to be released. That's that's named after someone anyways in Japan first. And it was actually released because Japan uses the Super Famicom, which was out before the North America Super Nintendo. It was released July 2nd, 1991. Oh, wow. Before our Super Nintendo was even out. Early, early game. And yet it's... Yes. One of the better baseball games, at least, that I've seen. Which we got in February 28, yeah. 1992. Well, it's going to take a long time to turn all that stuff into Nolan Ryan. Yes. I don't know how to... I guess it was called Super Stadium. Yeah, I, I don't know how more I can describe that I enjoy, because I couldn't tell you why, because it is just baseball with a bit more of a cartoony aesthetic, but I like it. I, I, that's all I got to say. Fair enough. Yeah. But that's February. Well, you, you, you like what you like. Yeah. Uh, rental for this month, I'm going to say Super Smash TV, because that sounds like a lot of fun. Honestly, like, even though I just sung a bunch of praise for Nolan Ryan's baseball, I know if I'm at the rental store and I'm looking at stuff, it's not baseball. So, yeah, Smash TV. Yep. All right, so, uh, a few of these I think we can, uh, plow through. Yep. It, for, for March, anyways, just because we are getting tight on time. Yep. Uh, Lemmings. Uh, which was March first, nineteen ninety-two. Lemmings, uh, it's if if you were there back in the day, you know what Lemmings is. It was available on PC. It was available on apparently Super Nintendo. I didn't actually realize this, but you essentially have a bunch of these like little things, and you get them to build things that you want, and try not to kill every one of them, and so you can actually get out. I had this when I was level. a kid for Super Nintendo. And Did you? Yeah, and I played it a lot. Again, you play what you have, and I actually had like yeah. a pretty decent understanding of the game for being a kid because it's fairly puzzly and like they only give you so you have your your units like that you can have to stand and guard and they'll turn your other guys around and you're just trying to guide them to the end but it only gives you so many so you kind of have to play with what you have but it's it's very puzzly like that i i would play it but i wouldn't exactly have fun with it i'm just progressing because it's a video game and that's what i have to do in it but eventually you just kind of get bored and you just think of the most creative way to have them all walk to their doom. Yep. But because as lemmings do, they just continue regardless if it's safe or not. Lemmings is a, a phenomena of its time. It is a legendary title, and it's also by the wonderful team that would I don't know about specifically those who worked on it, but this would eventually be the group that became Rockstar. Is it the ones who became Rockstar? Pretty sure this is DMA. Uh, Diagnosis? Hmm. Which I know their their logo very well. It's like a white owl that's coming in. For some reason I thought this was side. tied with Rockstar. I could be wrong, I could be right, I don't know. But that, Lemmings, that's about it. And then the next next thing we have is uh, a PGA Golf, which, honestly, from what I checked out, this is the golf game I want to play the least. Yeah. But a little too simulated, simulation like. So this is by EA for Super Nintendo, and yep. you know EA was the EA Sports in the game. So I feel like this caters more to a serious sports fan. Like you don't play video games; you like to watch. This, this is for your dad. Yeah, and. So, like, there's not even really any kind of fun music. Everything's all quiet on the golf course when you're hitting the ball and stuff. And I'm bored. This doesn't excite me. So, PGA I, Golf. Admittedly, like, I play 
some of the later golf games nowadays that are supposed to be taken serious. And it works better nowadays than I think the Super Nintendo versions could ever well, do. And, and that's the thing, right? When it comes to those older classic games, I want the more fun, arcadey, engaging one, right? As where the newer yep. ones, I'm fine with a more simulator approach because we can more accurately represent that simulator experience. Yes. But that this one... We're back in the day, no. This one gets a hard pass from me. Yeah. Uh, next up is Pit Fighter. March 1st, 1992. You ever, you ever seen Pit Fighter? Uh, I think I've seen an arcade. This, this was an arcade Was one? an arcade game, yep. Okay. And uh, so Pit Fighter is one of the many contenders for the 100% worst game of all time. Worst game? Worst game. This game is god-awful. The visuals are bad. They kind of went for something not unlike what they would do in Mortal Kombat with, like, the digitized sprites. But okay. it's it just does not control well. I don't even think the arcade game was particularly good, and then they just completely phoned it in with this port. So if you if you want to just look at a game struggle, look up Pit Fighter. Other than that, don't don't bother. So, interesting thing, because Pit Fighter and Home Alone were both published by the same people. They have a... THQ. They have a reputation about them. Yes. Uh, So, also on March 1st, we got Smart Ball, which was developed by Game Freak. I love Smart Ball. This is another one of the few Super Nintendo games I actually have today. I played this a lot when I was a kid. I think it was one of those, like, I go to a friend and they have it. And it's weird. It's not very hard. I would say it's like, this is a very strange way to put it, but, like, if you like Kirby, you might like Smart Ball just because it's kind of weird like that. But basically you're just this ball of goo and just kind of slime around and you can, like poke up to walls and go through pipes and stuff. It's a pretty standard platformer. But with a lot of the designs, you can very much tell that the minds that went on to make Pokemon made this game. And I think that's kind of neat. It is neat to see, like, Game Freak's original stuff before they came out with their Pokemon stuff, right? It's also... I mean, it's, it's, it's a pass that people don't dive into very much. It's also really interesting, and I know that Game Freak has worked with companies other than Nintendo... But it's very interesting to see that this is a Sony published game. Yes, yeah, Sony Image Soft. So Smartball, Smartball gets gets uh, gets my recommendation. So this next game, which doesn't have a date, is just March nineteen ninety two. I don't have much to say to this. It's an LJN game. Uh, WWF Super WrestleMania. It is an LJN game. You are correct about this. Uh, I had it. I had a few of the wrestling games. I feel like everything that we said in the previous episode about pro wrestling, I think, is what it was called for the NES. Yep. It it all pretty much applies to here. I think the only difference is this one actually has the WWF license. If you're into some 1991 wrestlers, I want to say, let's just fire off some names that might sound familiar to people who know. I think Undertaker, Jake the Snake, I'm wrestling. Moving on. Yes. Uh, next up, we got The Adams Family by Ocean and published by Ocean, uh, March 10th, 1992. Da, 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 da. Now, snap, I... Snap. Yes. Yeah. I 
don't remember if I had this game, if we rented this game, or if we just stole this game from the rental store. But from what I can remember, it's it's been ages since I played it. But uh, it's a side-scrolling action adventure platform game. It is exactly and that. You, yeah, you you play through the. You can use the different characters of the of the family. Obviously, you got Morticia, Pugly, Pugsley. Jesus, I'm tripping over my own words here. Wednesday and uh, I'm assuming Gomez as well. But uh, it, yeah, I don't know where it's it's okay. So it's not bad. I don't know. It's one of the better Adams Family games. So I don't know if there. I want to say that there's more than one Adams Family game on the Super Nintendo called Adams yes. Family, and uh, Adams Family Family Values. Right, because the one is based on the cartoon, and I want to say that there was one that was also just solely around Pugsley. But either way, you're thinking the NES. Ah, Pug- yes. Pugsley's scavenger hunt. Right, 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 right. But uh, from this Adams Family game, I looked it up. It actually looks really good. Like I, I remember really enjoying yeah, it as a kid. It, it looks like a pretty quality licensed game. It also kind of seems like it has some slight Metroidvania elements because, you know, you're going in and out of rooms and it'll tell you, like, you know, you're in the front foyer or you're, like, you're behind the house and stuff like that. And I think yep. you're gathering as much money as you can. And so it's it's often referred to akin to Legend of Zelda and Super Metroid. That's kind of those. It's it, it is open ended, and you kind of have to figure out where you're going to go. That's so interesting. I I yeah. really want to check this game out. Yeah, no, it's I I remember as a kid having a blast. Granted, I don't remember a whole lot on it, but aside from those very bare details, it was a good time. It is ocean, so. Ocean's, take, take Ocean's made some things that I've had some fun with. I would say they're they're not as bad as LJN. They're kind of around like an acclaim level of a developer. I I, I feel like they could be a they toss a lot of stuff out there and hope stuff sticks. Yeah, they're, and they're also big license culprits as well. Um, next up to finish off the munch of mun the munch of March. <laughs> um, yeah, I could go for a munch of March right now. That's for sure. Uh we have extra innings, which is baseball, which I I looked up some footage and it's actually surprisingly it's adorable. Baseball. Like it's got very cartoony graphics. It's not far from something like Nolan Ryan. And I think who published this? Uh the publisher was uh Sony ImageSoft. Oh, wait, no no no. This isn't this isn't what I'm thinking of. Uh I'm thinking of Something we haven't gotten to yet. Okay, no, this is just baseball. That, This is just baseball. Okay, and that was March 20th, 1992. That's it for March. Uh, What's your rental? Smart ball. Okay, mine is going to be the Adams Family. That's that's a good pick. I, I think I can yeah, confidently I, say smart ball just because like it has appealed to me as a child, so I, I have historical proof. Fair enough. But a- Adams and Family would be a second for sure. It's it's pretty good. I I highly suggest checking it out. Just it, even if you haven't played it before, you're gonna still gonna be hit with nostalgia. All right. I I'm definitely gonna be getting a lot more short and sweet with my uh my thoughts on a lot of these games. Yes. Uh, this next one standard vertical sc- uh shooter, and it is Raiden Trad. 
and it April first, nineteen ninety two. I I I think this goes for all the ones that you it, something you like about it, preferably. I think this is one of the better performing ones, but again, it's another shoot 'em up. Take it for what you we, will. We we've already mentioned what we've thought about vertical shooters and horizontal shooters. So yep. Uh, uh, next up is actually one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. Not my favorite, but one of my favorites. Uh, Super Adventure Island. Very weird, wacky game by Hudson Soft. April 1st, 1992. You're a uh, caveman-type dude. And there's no timer like you would see in Mario. You have to collect fruit because your health is constantly going down. Or what looks like your health. You can only be hit once. There's other upgrades. It's, it's very similar to like a Ghouls and Ghosts. You get the armor on, that gives you an extra hit that you can take. Uh, Super Adventure Island, you can find like a dino or a skateboard. And if you get hit, you lose that. Oh, I guess like Mario as well. Isn't You shrink down. Isn't his name Captain Higgins? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Captain Higgins or Master Higgins? But I, I, Master Higgins actually sounds quite quite correct. Uh, I've yeah. not played this game, but it's one of those games that I've never looked at as thought and bad. I've just never actually given it a shot. So this is one that uh, my friend up the road had, and I used to borrow it off, off him all the time, and I played the living shit out of it. I I've probably played this game more than I played Super Mario World. I'm gonna gonna have to dedicate a little bit of time to it. Find out what all the fuss is about. It's it's good, except screw the octopus boss. I hate that thing. There. If you haven't played, play it and you'll find it. Uh, I think uh, this next one we can apply a lot to what I said about the first one because this is another true golf classics. But it's Pebble Beach Golf Links as opposed to the cannot pronounce country club. Yes. And so looks all yeah. right. I, I actually think out of all like the golf sim kind of games, this is one of the higher quality ones, which is really weird out of left field. But more of that, but at Pebble Beach. Yes. I mean, I don't I don't know what else to say. We've talked about the golf games as well a bunch now. Well, you... well, one one sport that we haven't really talked about that much is uh, soccer. So April 1992, we got World Leads Soccer. I was going to say, do, do you have much to say about this one? And you had surprisingly more to say about it than I thought. Yeah, that's that's all I got. It's soccer. It's soccer. Yeah. Uh, this Good next job. one, I, I'd never heard of until I was doing this research. This game looks dope. I want to find out more about it. Uh, how do you say its name? I would say it's Zardion, but I couldn't tell you how it's properly pronounced, and... I, I have enough more difficult time with English as is. You throw an X as the start of a word, yeah, I'm in for trouble. It's even more complicated. And, yeah, so it it's a pretty standard action platformer, and you're a giant mech, and considering that I've recently been playing... Uh, if I didn't mention earlier, I don't know if it did, but I had started uh, Front Mission Gun Hazard, and it's just a platformer with giant mechs, and I feel like Zardion is much more simple, but it still looks like a decent platformer, and something I would be more than down to check out. Yeah, it looks alright. I'm not much for the mech stuff, but uh, yeah, looks alright. Uh, this next one, I know that you are currently... Uh, well, not currently, but in the not-too-distant future, kind of obligated to look into already. Yes, uh, Contra 3 The Alien Wars. Konami, Konami, April 6th, 1992. It's it's another Contra game. I mean, 
uh, we've mentioned before that how we haven't had much experience with the Contra games, uh, but they're they're difficult side scrolling uh, shooter games, but not like the the plane shooter games or spacecraft. No, uh, the more appropriately known as our run and gun. Run and gun. That's the yeah. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I feel like Contra is one of those series that if you don't already know what Contra is by now, you don't care to. High quality, high difficulty. I would is how yes. I would describe the Contra franchise. Yeah. Not not unlike your ghosts and goblins, ghouls and ghosts, what have you. They are definitely games that uh. I would say it's a greater benefit to have a good memorization. That like reaction time is necessary, but it's not going to be your greatest skill. You're gonna your greatest skill is going to be having the game memorized, and I think that's the thing that people love about Contra is they play it to play it again to play it again. Yes, I mean it. It does feel a little arcadey in the in its gameplay, but I mean also on purpose. Now, now we have a game that I have played again and again and again. Yes, me as well, to 100% completion, multiple times. What is it, Tyler? The, uh, the Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, the long-awaited third game in the Zelda franchise. And yes. We, we can't talk about this game right now, because there's too much to say, but it's top-down classic Zelda at its finest. They kind of went for a little bit more of a linear approach, and... But this game is so pretty. It's got so much charm. It still has some of the most legendary music. I'm, I'm gonna quite st- honestly. I think this is my favorite Zelda game. Yeah, I, I have to stop and myself maybe now. It's n- yeah, may- maybe it's nostalgia that drives me there. But yeah, a link to the past. I mean, everyone knows what Zelda is. Prove me wrong. I'm, I'm sure. And yeah, if if you like Zelda games, this is one of the better ones in my opinion. At least 2D. Uh, next up is Top Gear, yeah. which, uh, as, as far as I know, is a racer game. April 16th. Oh, Link to the Past was April 13th, 1992. Top Gear is April 16th, 1992. So I'm going to guess you haven't played a Top Gear. No, They're, it's, it's a racing game. It is a racing game, but it's a surprisingly technical racing game. It's the kind of behind the vehicle, more arcade you're just going with the road. You don't actually have like a pretty much a. It's not like Mario Kart or F Zero or anything like that, right? But yeah. the cool thing about Top Gear is you have the option between manual or automatic gear shifting. And oh my god! I just saw a screenshot of this. I have played this. Yeah, and I I've played it a little bit. I wasn't good at it because I do not drive standard, so I don't quite understand <laughs> it. But I was really impressed with like how quality this game feels for a racing game. So yeah, I don't really have much more to elaborate on Top Gear other than the fact that like if that's the kind of racing game you're into, definitely worth someone's time. Yeah, it's it's more like a a proper racing game, not a kart racing game like some of the other ones feel like. Like F Zero doesn't feel like a. I mean, it's it feels like a racing game, but not like a racing game. If that makes sense. So I I think for. The month of April, we both know what's getting rented. Yeah, was that it for April? It was. That was it for April, yeah. Yeah. Uh, World needs soccer. I would have more so pictured you'd be going for uh, true golf classics, but me personally, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna rent Zelda. Yep, Zelda all the way. Yeah, that 
probably, if not my favorite Super Nintendo game, it is right up there. Favorite it's, Zelda game for sure. It's in my top ten or twenty or so. I don't know. I haven't uh, I haven't taken the time to assess that definitive list. This next game. <laughs> what do you know about the Rocketeer? Uh, so there's a few things. I haven't played it. I've seen gameplay of it. And the company that made it, which was Nova Logic, I have a history of some of their games, and they are never good. So, so I feel like this isn't going to be good either. No, but this game is hilarious, and I will... So The Rocketeer, I've not ever seen it, but it seems to be a licensed IP. So I believe there was a Rocketeer movie, and... Yep. From what I've seen of the footage of the gameplay, it might even be based off of a comic book, to which my understanding of the plot of who the Rocketeer is or what is it, it's just a guy with a jetpack. Yep. <laughs> that's No, that, that, that's exactly it. That's his superpower, is he has a jetpack. This game is four different genres of gameplay in one game. <laughs> There's the first... Chunk of it is the really confusing flying, which is like a strange 2.5D where you're doing like a slalom kind of loop loop. I couldn't explain it, but it looks bad. And then after that, you go into like a pseudo first person gallery shooter kind of game. And you, you might return to some of that weird flight sim stuff for a little bit. And then after that, it becomes a 2D side scrolling shoot 'em up, which. I mean, fitting, sure, flying, whatever, but it's still jarring. And then your final portion of gameplay is basically a fighting game. Jesus. This is all over the place. Bad yeah, game. Yeah, that, that sounds about on point for a Nova Logic game. Ba be, bad be game. Don't recommend. Next game is too complicated for me to ever understand. <laughs> Next game is Romance of the Three Kingdoms 2. Uh, May 1st, 1992, developed by Koei. And Koei published it. These are... The self-published. They are the strategiest of strategy games. Yes. I am not good at strategy games. Well, and this one is... It's not even something like Final Fantasy Tactics or anything like that. Like, this one is just... You're deploying troops and stopping trade routes, and it's oddly political, and there is very much a market for this. I'm not in it. Yes. We we are not that market, but they are pretty popular, if, if I'm not mistaken. The long-running series. Yeah. But beyond that... Next up is one I'm going to say something that's going to get us in shit. But I don't mean anything prestigious by it, I guess. Controversial. Uh, super Soccer. Yeah. First off, it's soccer. Soccer. Why is Trump on the cover? Oh, he does kind of look like him, doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he he's uh he's stopping he's stopping a goal, and yeah, this one's on the uh that's online, isn't it? Yep, I don't I don't understand the box art. I I don't know. But I also don't understand soccer, so I think that's okay. I think I think I played it and I went, yep, that's a soccer, and then I I went that's on. That's a soccer. I went on with my life. All right, good enough. Next up is Arcana. Uh, and this, this one, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what this. Oh, I yeah, this looks really cool. This is like a first-person dungeon crawler, and like your might and magics and stuff like that. Uh, with cards, with, isn't it? Yep. 
Yeah. And it's got some really pretty detail. This is very much like a very slow burn, but I actually kind of want to look into Arcana because this kind of looks right up my alley. It's kind of like a cleaned up version of Draken <laughs> and cards. Draken. And probably a lot better. Draken is just so charming with how hard it tries. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah, this this actually looks pretty decent. Yeah. It, it would be neat to uh to check it. It's got really nice sprite work too. It does. Very, very detailed. I think from what I saw too, like the mu well, I saw is not the right word, but the music sounded really good. Uh so one one worth looking into. And then oh, we're we're almost at the end of my notes for this next one. Uh Jack Nicholas uh golf. Me Carvello's putting challenge. We've clearly been at this for a bit when I'm struggling with the next word just being golf. Uh, so Jack Nicholas Golf, it's a golf game, Leland Interactive Media, Trade West published, May 15th, 1992. Aside from that, I I mean it's golf. I don't it's, it's I don't mind uh, golf. I don't mind those those golden bear iced teas. Those are pretty good. But beyond that, Jack Nicholas isn't doing a whole lot for me. The gameplay that I saw of this, it looked very slow. Like it took a long time to load stuff. Yep. I I'm playing true golf classics. That's that's my uh my Jack Nicholas can sit to the side. That's fair. And that that's the end of May, yeah? Yep. This uh little little bit more sparse on the rentals. I'm gonna say Arcana. Yeah. It does look actually pretty good. I, I'm going to say Arcana. I don't see myself as a kid ever renting a game with the word romance in it. Nope. Uh, soccer, no. Golf, as a kid, no. And uh, the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer? Oh. You want to play the Rocketeer? I'd hate to think that I would have rented this for some reason. But yeah, I'm going to say Arcana as well. And then, oh, we're, we're getting yeah. there. <laughs> we have, this is, a, this is a wordy title. Gary Kitchen's Super Battle Tanks. Colon, War in the Gulf. By Imagineering in Absolute Entertainment, June 1st, 1992. This is... Yeah, that's a lot of things. This is it was also on the Sega. This is a peak dad game. Like, this is a tank simulator game. It's not quote-unquote fun. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's kind of neat how it's, like, very slow and methodical, and you can kind of feel like you're operating a tank if you really needed to feel that in, uh, what, what are we here? June 1992. Yes, and they came out with uh, number two in 94. I hope it's better. This one looked really bad. And this is one that's uh, on multiple platforms, so it's on Sega Genesis as well and all that kind of stuff. It, so it has I'm those... kind of curious if the different versions are different. Yeah, this seems like one of those games that was like a, a really popular like home computer game that ended up getting ported to a bunch of things. The title makes me think of Desert Strike, but Desert Strike's actually good. Yes. So, although the, funnily enough, that game is based on the Desert Storm, I believe. Desert Strike. Uh, Operation Desert Storm. Oh well, yes. Yes. I'm gonna take your word for it on that. I'm not, and I'm not an expert in that category. I am an expert at this next game, though. But I've, I know I've played it. I couldn't tell you anything about it though, except these are never really the end all, be all of games. This is a weird one, but the show is fantastic. Uh, so Krusty's Super Fun House is kind of like Lemmings. Not wait, yeah, 
Is is it ringing a bell? What? Okay, so Krusty Super Fun House is you play as Krusty the Clown, and there are a bunch of mice that you have to deal with, and they travel like right. lemmings, so they're on their set path, and you have to go and like pick up blocks and like set up pathways so they can eventually all walk into traps. So it's a puzzle game. Interesting. I played it a lot as a kid because I loved The Simpsons, but I never at any point actually had any fun with this, a lot like with the many times that I played Lemmings. And and you had to actually lead the traps to their death, right? Yeah. So it's reverse Lemmings, kind of. It, it's reverse Lemmings, but that's that's they're, they're the mice. Yeah. They're pests. You want to get them out of Krusty's Funhouse so he can, I guess, continue to make money off it, question mark? I don't know. You know. But it's a, it's okay. I want to say the music was really annoying. I think this was another Acclaim game, because I think Acclaim handled most of the old Simpsons games. Yep, they, they did the publishing for it. Audiogenic did the development for it. I don't know who they are. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. But it's it, uh, solid game. Okay, not good. Moving on. This game makes a whole lot of sense. It is Space Football, one-on-one. Uh, this was released June 1st, 1992 as well. And have you, it's... Have you seen anything? Space Football. This game's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's first-person football where you're in a car. And it's just 1v1, is it not? I guess. I don't know. Everything was moving so fast, and, like, you just kind of go up to the ball, and it, like, magnetically comes to you, and... Uh, like, F-Zero mixed with Doom, with, with mixed with football, and I don't know if that makes it sound flattering. It shouldn't. This game looks really bad. Yeah, not, like, first person wasn't great. Like, Mode 7 was pretty damn good for back in the day. I'll give it this. And what, what it offered, but this was a little too overambitious for what they wanted to do. It looks better than Bill Lambier's combat basketball. Yes. That's that's all I have to that, say. That about doesn't that. take much. No. It it did have a hell of a lot of level levels to do. Like thirty two levels for what it was. That doesn't make me feel any better about it. No. <laughs> uh next up, June nineteen ninety two, Super Soccer Champ. Okay. It's soccer. Yeah. We've uh I I think we're now at the point where we can Stop talking about the soccer stuff. It's soccer. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, next up is Thunder Force 3. This is another side-scrolling shooter. Uh, I think it's also on the Sega, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, I think this one's also on the SNES Online, too, isn't it? I don't think so. I'm not sure if it's on there or one of my Sega collections or possibly the Sega Genesis Mini. Uh, not the, not the Super Nintendo version, anyways. Yeah. Maybe the Genesis version? I didn't write down any of those ones. I, it's, it's another side-scrolling shooter. Again, I, I, I know Thunder Force actually has a pretty good reputation, but it's not, like, an R-type or anything like that, so. If you yeah. need, if you needed a shooter at the time, that's, that's one you can pick. And sorry, to get some facts straight, it was called Thunder Spirits on the Super Nintendo. Hmm, right. I had the wrong name written down. Yeah, all the same. That is my bad. It, uh, same next game. Next up, June 30th. Yeah, it is. It's it's very much the same game. Uh, June 30th, 1992, we got The Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Now, it... you own this, do you not? I, I do, and I haven't beaten it, but I've gotten pretty far. This is a pretty awesome game. It's kind of like... Ah, what's a good way to put it? 
it's an action adventure game anyways and uh yeah this is this seems to be a fairly beloved game it's a it's a two player explorative side scrolling beat em up kind of adventure game it it's really its own beast cuz it's yeah, it's kind of cool how to so it, I would say each level is kind of divided into two different playstyles. The first playstyle is a lot more like a beat 'em up, and it's a lot like the River City games, where you can explore and you can go to shops and stuff like that. And then the second half yep. of the level is always a lot more straightforward, just typical platforming. And at the end, you'll get a boss. But it's very structural. It is very structural, but they are really cool games. They're also uh, they'd be a game where way back in the day, like they just very Japanese things. Oh, you know, the people in America aren't really going to understand that, right? So, it really didn't take off, but I know that it's a very beloved series. I want to say this is actually like the third or fourth in the franchise, but the first one we ever got over here. That makes sense, then. But, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, I... I it's I, it's one I hope they put on SNES Online soon. I would love I, to I see that. Or, or if Konami did some kind of way to re-release it, that would be fantastic. Yes, so that'd be wonderful. But month of June, what what are you taking home? The Legend of Mystical Ninja. Yeah, I think unless I was blinded for my love of The Simpsons, uh, I'd probably also be taking home Mystical Ninja. It just it just makes sense. Oh, we're so close. We are. We broke our two hour mark though. Two. Uh, so let's let's start wrapping this uh up quickly. Two with months some of these left. That we don't... Yeah. Uh, Clue, July first. Uh, it's Clue. I haven't played the Super Nintendo one. I played the one on PC that you got out of a cereal box back in the day. Honestly, I have no idea how to play Clue. I know whenever me and my friends would play Clue as kids, we would just make up murder situations with the things that they gave us and be like, they did it through this and then they got through the trap door. So kind of half playing Clue, but not properly. Uh, after what I've seen of the Super Nintendo version, this is how I want to learn how to play Clue. This looks great. Really? Yeah, it it looks surprisingly charming. It kind of like if you go to like input your I guess hypothesis, it'll play out like a little dramatization, and it looks surprisingly good for the Super Nintendo. And yeah, I I kind of like it. It it my that's, my that's opinion funny. on board game video games still stand where it's just slower, more dragged out. But whatever, it's Clue. It's supposed to be dumb. I like it. I I love the board game Clue. So yeah. Uh, next we have Spanky's Quest, which what are, is on SNES Online. It is on SNES Online. It's 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 uh it's the fact that its name is Spanky and he's a monkey just has a lot of a lot of euphemism opportunity that I'm not going to elaborate on here. But it seems questionable. As for the game itself, it's it's a platformer and it's a really slow and kind of easy one, but. Not a bad one. I've played it a little bit. And the whole gimmick is your attack is like you toss a ball up into the air and you can keep catching it and bouncing it back up. And the ball will change into different things that will do different things. So it's like you bounce it once. It goes from a bubble to like a baseball and the baseball will, I don't know, just, just drop down. And then if you do it more, it'll turn into a volleyball and it's like a spread shot. And it's kind of tricky to explain, but it's a very slow, casual platformer, and it's all right. It's kind of bland. Yeah, that's that's always what I got out of it. I tried it a couple times and couldn't get into it myself, but it's it's 
there for anyone to try if, if they have the Switch Online. Passable. Uh, next up is Race Driving, July 10th, 1992. Uh... Don't know anything. They tried to change it's the THQ, world with though, this one. based on the other THQ games. It's have you, not going to be great. Have you ever seen Race Driving? No. No? The Race Driving is admittedly an attempt at a really impressive feat. It was a fully 3D polygonal racing game on the Super Nintendo. Huh. Moves at about this two frames a second. The, this would have been before the SF uh, FX. Yeah. Long before, yeah. yeah. So... Huh. There, there's. If you look up some footage, you'll see like one of the first levels is like, because it's like a first person kind of perspective through the windshield of the car, and uh, yeah, you do. You, there's, there's a track where you do a loop to loop, and it stutters so slow because it cannot handle what it is trying to accomplish. That's too bad. But bless its heart. But this is a, essentially an unplayable game. That's funny. And then uh, next... So early in the life cycle, too, right? Like, that's the first that's year the of thing. Super Nintendo. It, it looks like it's really impressive, and they really were trying to do something really cool, and it just didn't work. Yeah. Now, uh, but the next one, if you want something turning something unsuccessful into a success, uh, this is Street Fighter Two: The World Warrior, which is the original release of Street Fighter Two. at least... At home, I'm pretty sure it was an arcade game before this, but... Yes. And what, what can I say about Street Fighter? We've got Street Fighter Six coming out in like a couple months. This franchise is doing fine. I would say that is nice because they haven't really milked the series, but then you look at how many versions of Street Fighter Two there is, and it's like, never mind. I mean, there's a version but of Street Fighter is... Two that came out within the Switch's life cycle, so... Yep. It's... So, it's another Capcom game. Capcom does really good stuff. July 15th, 1992. If you don't know what Street Fighter is, obviously, uh, side-scrolling... Well, not side-scrolling, but it's 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 a fighting game. It is it's a, the, it's the it's fighting a, the game. The fighting game. Yeah. It, it, it laid the groundwork so, for what your standard 1v1 fighting games would pretty much go to use as a skeleton for years to beyond. You do have things that are a little bit different, like Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct... They have their own thing going, but at the end of the day, they all they can all be rooted back to Street Fighter 2. Yep. And I think that is my rental for July. I think that's going to be my rental for July as well. So next up, we got August. August 1st, Mario Paint. Come the fuck on, this is great. This, I love Mario Paint. This is this is kind of legendary, yeah. There's, there's actually a lot of really solid titles in the August, but Mario Paint was kind of something else, being... It's kind of like what, uh, what was it called? Mystic Piano? Miracle Piano. It's kind of like Miracle what piano. happens when Nintendo does it, and they decided to make a dedicated art program for the Super Nintendo, and they created a dedicated mouse for it. This, yep. this, is, a, this is a game that still gets plenty of creative use to this day. Oh, yeah. Like, some of the things that people have done, it's just incredible. But, uh... As for the, the actual thing itself, like casual use, you got the, the fly swatter game, you got the whole making the pictures, doing the animations, doing the soundboard yep. with uh with the different music notes. Yeah. Uh between the sound and the fly swatter section was always my favorite things to do because I couldn't draw worth damn. I think I would but, just usually yeah. mess with the standard paint application. Like as a kid, I was always on the computer playing with paint, and even if it was just scrawling a bunch of lane lines and putting colors, but yeah, Mario Paint is 
as a game, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it's it's no blasphemous, but it's still a pretty legendary title for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely. It's 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 nice. Uh next up, August 1st, 1992 is Rampart. And I don't know what to make of this except from the box art with a knight screaming at me. I think the best way to describe this is as wave defense. So you have an island and... Like tower defense, right? Sort of, yeah. Tower defense would fall under the same category, except instead of it being idle, you have a little bit more control over things, right? But you, you set up your fort on this island and then ships will come to invade the island and you have to shoot them down. And it's like tile-based targeting, so, like, you pick your grid, you fire, and honestly, it compared to, and I know, like, this is the first year, but at the same time, like, this is one of those ones, that you see what's come out in the year so far, this is a really, really lackluster-looking game, because that's all it yeah. is, all the levels are just pick where you're placing your fort, shoot down the ships, there's really not much more going on to it, I, I don't think this is... It would is... be impressive if it was the NES. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. For, for the Super Nintendo, like we got way, like it's not even that visually stimulating. Unlike this, uh, this next game that we got, which is Soul Blazer, the start, the first, the Uno numero uno of the Quintet trilogy, uh, in August. Don't have an actual date, but uh, yeah, this is between this and Terranigma. I hear these are the two best of the Quintet trilogy. And Illusion of Time, or Gaia. Why do I say time? That is a European name. It's very strange. Um, it is very strange. Uh, Soul Blazer is often highly recommended to me. I still have yet to play it. I've seen some playthrough of it. Action RPG. You go around, you clear areas out, you get level ups and uh, different abilities for each area that you clean out. Uh, kind of Zelda-like, but not really. Work into that, uh, the one game that we were just talking about, actually. Uh, uh, it's I already forget which one that was. Lagoon. Lagoon, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that top It down. looks like a better version of Lagoon. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, Lagoon looks a lot like Soul Blazer, but it came out before Soul Blazer, so Soul Blazer looks yes. like a better Lagoon. Um, I think it's neat. It It's very much, and as you make progress, the world gets a little bit better. It kind of almost has... I mean, I'm not going to say it's quite to the extent of Act Razor, but it does have that similar kind of progression. Like, the more you do, the better the world gets for you, right? Because that, yep. that's the whole premise of Soul Blazer, is that you're restoring the world, basically. Uh, I've never played it myself, but I have played Illusion of Gaia, and I want to play Soul Blazer more. So, yes. it, it holds its place. I th- I think it's worth a shot, even to this day. It's definitely... A little bit rough around the edges. It doesn't play as nice as something like Link to the Past, but still holds up. Yeah, I I think that's fair to say. Like Link to the Past is very difficult to beat. This this next one. This is the one I meant to mention earlier, but I was thinking of something completely different. Probably because going over a lot of games, I'm gonna get a couple mixed up. But this is uh, Super Play Action Football, which. You know what? It's football. That would be all I have to say about it, but this one has a little bit of a special exception, which is really weird. It's all done at an isometric angle. Okay. It's so weird looking. It kind of looks neat, and I feel like this is one of those sports games that might be a little bit better than at first glance, and I say that solely based off of one little visual. 
and that is at the coin toss at the start of the match, the head side of the coin is Mario, which makes me think yes. that there were some good developers on this game, and it's probably secretly very fun. So, I don't know the company who developed it. They're TOS? T-O-S-E? T-O-S-E. But this was actually published by Nintendo. Football. Yeah. <laughs> it's really all... Uh, next up is <laughs> football. We've, we've already talked about football tons of times now. Uh, Magic Sword, August 14th, 1992. This is a kind of hack-and-slash side-scrolling thing uh, published by Capcom for arcades, and then this is obviously the port for it. Yeah, this um, this is a very arcade-feeling game when you look at it. It yes. just straight-up screams arcade. The thing that's cool about this game is, so your character is a very straightforward warrior. You're just a guy who holds a sword and can swing a sword. You kind of look like Conan the Barbarian. It's kind of yeah. very simplistic in its gameplay. It's not something you would be too strange uh, to see in the arcade. What's cool about this one, though, is you can find keys to open locked doors on your journey. And sometimes you'll find treasure and what have you, but usually you will free a prisoner. And that prisoner essentially becomes your party member until you take a hit. So they kind of act as a bit of a buffer as well. But okay, they all have different ways of supporting you, like different attacks. So like there's one guy who will throw axes and let's say like they do an arc. And then there's, you can find the magician and the magician can do like a spread shot. And if I'm not mistaken, you can also level up your character. But when I say level it up, it's not going to, like, experience an RPG sense. It's like you find the level up power up, and you might get a different attack or something like that. It's kind of like the whip upgrades in Castlevania. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And Yeah. So I, I know I played Magic Sword years ago, and I had a blast with it. So it's very simple, but it's just... Good classic Capcom arcadey goodness. Yeah, it 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 seems actually pretty good, to be honest. It it it's that's gonna be one that I'm gonna want to check out. Now, it, I might have said that was arcadey goodness, but honestly, on this and this, we are ending this one on a high note. Yes, are we ever? Oh, the, this is this is back when Konami was good. I didn't know that this was such an early title. Yeah. I, I would have thought with the, the level of quality and polish that this game has, it would have been a much later release for the Super Nintendo. No, this was a, a Konami being on fire time. Yep. So, this is. So uh, this is it, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 Turtles in Time. Released August 15th, 1992. To this day, it is regarded as one of the greatest beat em ups of all time. Yes. And the fact and that it you can has now get it on the Cowabunga collection. Yeah, it it's readily available right now, which is mind blowing. It's gotten a remake before, not to the best reception, but again, the fact that it was even worth the time to make a whole new version of it. It was on the Xbox three sixty arcade. They made it all three D look at it was strange, but again, it just it still garnered that attention. The music in this game is so good. The, it is some of the best. It's got some of the best beat co-op beat em up gameplay possible. I, I I don't know how much more I could say about this, like just without just being just sheer praise. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. 
Wow. That was a lot of games. That was a lot of games. I guess I guess to keep up the uh the trend. And th- this is a pretty tricky month, but uh what what's the rental for August? For August? Uh Soul Blazer. 100%. That Nin- is my most ha- I have to go with most Ninja Turtles. Wanted to play one. Just I have I have too Just many cause... fond memories of Ninja Turtles. I was a big fan of Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. That's that's easily what's coming home with me. Yes. No, I I think that's that's understandable. Oh, wow. Yeah, yes, yes, you spent. That was a marathon. So sorry if we left uh, some information about your favorite game off. There's a reason that we uh we kept some off and kept them brief. Just that was a lot of games. That was more than we ever thought that this would be. And this was kind of like a last minute topic idea. I mean, we said at the beginning so. we didn't have enough, and then we ended up with too much. So yes. it wasn't a two-parter. We can be proud of that. And yep. so I guess we'll we'll do a I I don't even know if it's necessary to do a rundown of this and pick the best game of the year. I think it's safe to say that it's gonna go to uh Legend of Zelda. I think so, yeah. Yeah. But there's some really solid honorable mentions for the first year of release. Like we've got stuff like Final Fantasy 2, we got Super Mario World, we got Castlevania 4, Ghouls and Ghosts, like, for a debut year of a console. There were some bangers. And you know what the... And the, they were spread out. They were spread out. the year. A lot of different, like, kinds of games that you can play, and I think the crazier thing is, it only gets better from here. Yeah. Like, the, this is the first year, and games that came out later on were very, very, very good. Oh, they look at games like Chrono Trigger. There it is for the episode. It, we did we did need a Chrono Trigger mention for the episode and that that checks the mark, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think listeners of this podcast are gonna learn very quickly that we are very fond of the Super Nintendo. It's a very easy system to love. Even if you didn't grow up with it, there's still so much merit to what's available. But sometimes it's nice to go back and just uh Discover some of that. I know this uh, journey through the first year has me way more intrigued to try some of the more obscure, like some of the sports stuff. And uh, what what's the uh, what's one that I definitely want to look into that I hadn't heard of? That Zardion game. Yep. And uh, not that I think I gotta I'm, play Act Razor. There's there's Act Razor. Yeah, I I want to see a miracle piano. That would be <laughs> neat, but. I, I think uh, we should probably close this out. Do you got any closing statements on the first year of the Super Nintendo? What a fantastic year. Uh, aside from that, like, no, I'm, I'm kind of done talking. I think, I think that's been a good year, and I think, uh, I think it's time to say goodnight to these fine folks, or whatever time it is for them. Yes. <laughs> okay. It is uh, currently 2 in the morning when we were recording this, so... Yeah, so... Uh, when I say last minute, I mean last minute. Do, do, so, do the honors. Close us out. All right. With that said, uh, we've been the Optional Boss Podcast, Josh and Tyler. If you want to contact us, leave us a comment or any of that kind of stuff, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at OptionalBossPC. Uh, and if you're so inclined, if you liked what you heard, feel free to leave us a review. I'm not too sure what they do, but we're supposed to be asking for them. It says everything on Google. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone that you may hate or love. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.